Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Hello, everybody, and welcome. Uh, we are the newly appointed CEOs of DC Studios. We're here to tell you about <laughs> Chapter 2. Again, chapter- we, say, we say this every time. When this comes out on the podcast feed, it'll be like nine months from now. And so this is going to be old news. <laughs> Just super relevant still. You guys uh, will have already been fired as the new heads up. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rotation already has gone all the way through. Uh, no, that's not what this is. As much fun as that would be to run with that bit for an hour straight, uh, mm-hmm. which I know we would all love to do. This is, in fact, <laughs> Ideas Don't Bleed. <laughs> it's a comic book podcast from Ashcan Press with uh, Matthew Rosenberg. What, what is what is this? What is this? I, that's on I, the I cover know. art. I, I know. I make you say it, and I, it sounds weird every time. I don't know why I said we have to say that, but we do. <laughs> I think I think you just don't like doing a podcast. You hear the inter- <laughs> I hear, you hear the introduction, and every time I, you go, ah, he's barely I, doing it. I am barely. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. I definitely uh, ha- f- found myself the other day. Someone was like, I was in a comic shop, and I was like, yeah, I gotta get this thing you know i'm I'm interviewing this person on my podcast i want to you know have the issues and they were like you have a podcast what's it called and i just went don't listen to it (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't even i didn't even tell them the name i just moved on uh a really similar thing happened to me recently where someone was uh talking about substack which has never happened in my life uh but someone was talking about Substack unprompted and I was like, Oh yeah, I know. I like, I do, I work on Substack. All my stuff is through there, like podcasts and stuff. And like, you have a Substack podcast. Huh? And I was like, we're not going to talk. about it. That's fine. <laughs> I, did a, I, I do. I did a podcast for a bit. I just, I couldn't really handle it all on my own. Like it was too much work. Um, That's not, but, uh, I don't I find it friend... to be that much work. I don't, I don't work that hard. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, uh, he was, so I told a friend of mine, I was like, oh, I started a podcast. And he just put his arm on my shoulder. He said, of course he did, Dick. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it's ideas. Well, I do think they're, they're cool. Though. I mean, I, I wish I was kind of still doing it because it was a good excuse to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I was doing like in-person chats rather than this is before COVID. Because um, I liked you know, I like the excuse of chatting. Do you know, I don't know if you find it bad, like sometimes you go to, to conventions, what I loved about them at the start and still do, is you do get to have some genuine creative chats and you come come away yeah. from it firing. I had that with New York, the recent one, because I hadn't been to the New York Comic Con in three years. I came back buzzing to make stuff, but, um, but you don't always get to do that at shows. Sometimes you get too bogged into, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing. So I liked doing that. It just was a lot of work on top of actual what pays the bills and I don't know, but I think it's cool what you got going here. Like, it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, you know, it's I, I, <laughs> you know what, you know, what? I'll step in, I'll take over. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny because I, I really do. It, it is both a COVID thing of like, oh, I'm not doing cons right now, and so it's nice to see people I don't get to see, get to hang out with you and all these other people that I don't normally see. But yeah, it is really fun for me to like look at other people's stuff and not just, uh 
passively sort of take it in like, oh, I'm reading a comic, but I'm actually like consuming people's work in a very critical way and then getting to mm. talk to them about it and question them. And that stuff is the stuff that really like energizes me about making comics yeah. and I don't do it enough. So this sort of forces my hand to be like, this, you know, sort of looking at my friend's work and being like, why is this good? Why do I like it? And, and that's fun <laughs> for me. So well, for I, your I, listeners, I'm Declan Shalvey. I'm going to do the job you're not doing. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's bring out our special guest. Before you can thank me for I being here and I say thanks. There. And I say thanks for yeah, having dude. me. I'm just going to say you're welcome. Uh, I'm very happy to be here on Ideas Don't Bleed. It is Ideas Don't Bleed, right? It is. Yeah, you yeah, got it right. It is. Yeah, welcome, Declan. We're going to do a little clap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there Thank we you. go. Thank I, you. My I, first podcast, people. I will, <laughs> I will say you are definitely better at this than me. And um, at any point, you're welcome to do it. Take it you over. Took the wheel. You took the wheel with such confidence yeah. that Matt just leaned back. The hardest part of doing a podcast is making sure that um, Ethan and Griffin get their meals three times a day. Mm, like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, if they, if we don't feed exhausting. them, they get hungry. They get right. cranky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, how do you got to feed them? Who who knew you had to feed podcasters? <laughs> yeah. well, it's not, we keep yeah. emailing Rosenberg and we're like, hey, Matt, can we get some, can you send some food over? You Could you DoorDash some food to <laughs> my address? I don't, I don't DoorDash and I hand deliver it. I show up. He feeds you from his own mouth like a bird, you know? <laughs> he sustains you that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a pandemic, but you do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to barf into people's mouths. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple of people who are excited. Dave is excited. Sketch says, congrats to Declan, the new host of Ideas Don't Bleed. I think you know, it's you know in what? the works. Hey, got to give the people what they want, you know? It's true. Of course, it's, of course. it's fair. I'm moving on because I'm going to be the new host of... Um, david harper's podcast so nice it's oh, all, wow. could, yeah yeah we're all getting probably right mixed up a bit you know going back yeah, to yeah. his old theme song i mean you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. we're gonna yeah i thought it was time that his podcast got bad so i'm gonna take it over <laughs> <laughs> and, and really run with it um i think we'll, a lot about that time that you were like i was listening to another podcast and i was like why is this so good it's, we're so bad at this and we were like what podcast and you were like conan o'brien's and we were like what why really are you comparing good. yourself to conan o'brien's podcast i mean that i've been doing this for like six episodes at that point it's like i, sh <laughs> I should be like as good as i'm gonna get and it's sure. not very good okay it's worrying it's worrying i don't know uh, now I well, think we're I'm looking forward to be the best guest, you know, the um, mm -hmm. uh, what's Timothy Oliphant of the Conan. <laughs> yeah, that I'm going for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're already the best guest. You've already got <laughs> so, that. It's a best. You know, I've just been, quite, I've just been quietly going. When is he asking me? Like Ed Brisson, really? Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed, we've only had Ed on with Kelly Thompson. I didn't have him on separately, and so he's a half a guest. He's a half guest, yeah, <laughs> or a quarter, Kelly. Probably took more of that. Kelly takes more, talks more. Yeah, it's a quarter guest. And, you know, I, I don't think we're going to promote him past that. Uh, <laughs> I talked to him. He has a bunch of new stuff coming out that looks really cool that I'm excited about. Probably not going to promote it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Declan, let's do an actual uh, conversation that isn't just us sitting around bullshitting. Sure. Uh, we have some questions for you. We wanted to just uh, uh, peel back the curtain of of who you are and 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 why you are the way you are. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that's all right, it's, uh, I've uh, got a lot of layers. Uh, two, I've got it's two true. layers. Two layers. Oh, that's that's, a, lot. Peel that's back a lot. One. We're going to peel mm -hmm. back at least one of them. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm a crappy onion, but we'll go <laughs> a two-layer onion sounds good to me. Sounds like just less work. Sounds easy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like not. A I lot appreciate of work. a two-layer onion. As long yeah. as you're crying by the end of us, then you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love it if one of us cried at the end of this, but we, I want to earn it. I don't want that for us. <laughs> the crying. The crying happens in the quick quiz, Matt. Let's be real. Okay. That's okay. True. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess I guess the first question we always sort of ask people, uh, just as a sort of general get to know you, even though we know you, um, <laughs> is 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 why comics? Like, why do you make comics? Why? What made you fall in love with comics? Why are you here? Oh man, I'd be dead otherwise. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> comics. <sighs> oh, no, That's a good shit. Uh, no, uh, it's it's all I ever really did and. You know, I was just really happy when I found out people got paid to do it. Um, <laughs> I've told this story before, but I remember um, Marvel had a magazine, I think it was called Marvel Vision at the time, and um, they would do things like interviews with creator and sort of stuff. And I remember Andy Kubert, yeah, they were promoting Tars, or, or not Tars, sorry, uh, Kazar at the time, and he mentioned like what his contract was or something. And I went mm-hmm. into my mom and I asked, like, is that a lot of money? And she went, oh, yeah. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, I, I like just how all I needed to know was what the top artist of Marvel was making, and then I knew it would be fine. But also, why did Marvel publish that? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 there was, I can't remember the specifics, but there was a number there. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if it was like, maybe it was Ballpark or something, but. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I just I was always, I was kind of drawing comics before I knew what comics were. I was I would like watch Star Trek and draw comics of it afterwards, and, <laughs> and I think it was slowly you could get a lot of newsstand comics like um, um, licensed stuff for like the Turtles or uh, Mickey Mouse and uh, stuff like that. So see it around. So I was just kind of I was kind of absorbing it without realizing it. But it was, it was the X Men, Spider Man, Batman cartoon. You know, I was just listening to an interview mm-hmm. with Clayton Coles on. On um on the off panel podcast and like his 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 origin story was the same as mine like you know yes I plugged David Harper's uh, podcast but um uh, but that was it was I don't know like I'm from the west of Ireland there's unless it's hurling no one really gives a toss about what you do so for me to like comics is just it was just such a weird thing it was a, but I don't know I think when you're it's, it's different now where you can be into so much weird stuff and everyone just accepts it. But like, you kind of had to like really go all in on stuff you were interested in when I was young, uh-huh. you know, if it was weird, like you were going to get, you were going to get bullied or just yeah. shit kicked out of you. So you really had to commit. And, uh, <laughs> and I think there's something for that, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it was just in my DNA before I really realized what it like technically was. Um, and once I don't know. The, I started seeing the American stuff, which just kind of blew my my brain open, and I just fell. I fell in. Yeah, I, I was sort of wondering about that because when you started, you were doing a bunch of you did a bunch of European stuff to start, mm. um, and it was was I, I mean you you had you did something in like Judge Red magazine, and you had a bunch of like small press European things. Was American comics always your goal from when you started? Was that where you want to be? Yeah, no, a lot of people would have been reading 2018 of my generation, but I was way yeah. too square. Like, uh-huh. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like that stuff now. I like that genre now. But at the time I was, I was, um, I loved the American, I wanted to read Spider-Man and X-Men, you know, I was in all the superhero stuff I was mad into. So I never really had that huge affinity for 2018. So I never really chased my path. Kind of the thing you do with this side of Atlantic was you'd make a name for yourself in the UK and then from the UK, 2008, you would go to like Marvel DC. That was kind of the 
you know, ex- the general path for people. But I wasn't. I mean, I would have. I would have taken these our 2018 work order offered to me. But um, the only thing I did with 2018 was um, it was like a it was like a small press competition basically where you handed uh-huh. something in and they picked it. So it wasn't like a it was work, and it didn't lead uh-huh. to work. So yeah. that wasn't really the the bad ever. So yeah, I didn't go that way. But then. I don't know. I just kind of I went to UK conventions, and clearly there was a lot of American guests would come over and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just set my site my sights there. I definitely took some UK work because that was what was available to me. I did a couple of like graphic novels, like a Frankenstein one, a Sweeney Todd one. Um, but it was a uh, I was offered twenty eight days later at Boom Studios, and that was my first American work. And from there, I kind of just kept firing away and that and that for me was a platform to try to be seen by marvel editors and get my stuff seen there um um so i don't know it's, it's kind of mad to think about it now like all these goals and i managed to make them and i, I can't even imagine honestly can't really couldn't have imagined to see me where i am now is kind of bonkers yeah did you real did quick, that, sorry you, real quick you mentioned american stars coming over for conventions were there any that you tried to meet that you were freaking out about Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, there was like editors. There was I remember Bob Shrek and Scott right. Dunbeer came over, and I remember like I had a Batman sample. I'm like, this is it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting picked <laughs> up. Like I've got this yeah, great yeah. Por- you know, um portfolio. I'm going to get work. And like they they in the best way possible shot me down so hard. Like they they don't mean or anything. They just were like, you're not there. And I was like, but uh, uh, like, I'm from <laughs> Ireland, you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm trying to think that names. I'm, I'm sure you was, wanted to meet Andy Kubert and borrow some money from him was probably a <laughs> knowing what he did. Actually, you know what? I've never met him. Out of all oh, the really? people I've met in the industry, I've never he's, met Andy Kubert. He was amazing. my guy. Like he's he's great. He's so nice. Well, I expect you to say otherwise on a public. <laughs> I mean, it'd be awesome if I was like he's awful. He's terrible. Don't meet him. But he actually is super nice. I signed with him once, and he was just so kind to me. And I like you know me being an X Men fanboy at heart. Yeah, it was kind of like because that was like, when I got into X Men. Jim Lee had gone, so I was reading the. I was I caught some reprints. There was UK reprints, but when I got the American comics, it was Andy Kubert on that book for like years. Yeah. yeah. So he was yeah, he was sort of my guy. But um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, there were some big UK guys. And I got to meet like Liam Sharp and Jock. I'm trying to think of the big mm-hmm. American. Um, Joe you know was more. No, I don't think Alan Davis was big for me as well. But they were all UK guys. Who the hell came from? Kevin Nolan, Mike Mignola. Actually, mm-hmm. Kevin Nolan was huge. I never thought I'd get to meet him. Yeah, um, yeah. that's great. But yeah, there's so many conventions over the years. I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, who right. was like the most nervous to meet? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, I've drawn blank. Sorry. Uh, are, are there are there people now that you were like, oh, I still want to meet that person? Do you have that? Um, Andy Kubert. Um, sure. <laughs> I met Adam Kubert at the recent New York Comic Con. Um, I'd never talked to him, but he bought one of the X Men pages I did, the oh. the Wolverine vertical thing, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to go up and just I'm like, but if you bought a page of mine, he knows who I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so I went over to say hi, and he just kind of like looked at me blankly, and I was like. Uh, I, you bought a Wolverine page. He was like, oh, and then he knew who I was. It was fine. But for one second there, I, felt, I felt 14 again. Um, uh, sorry, what was the question? The, just if, if there's other creators out there who you like want to meet, if you have like, um, a list of people. Uh, you know, I've been very lucky. I've gotten to meet pretty much all my heroes. Um, yeah, right. Nice. I sat, I was, at a ta- I was at a bar next to Mark Bagley one time, but I never said anything to him. Oh, man. And he was my spidey guy. Sure. Um, Steve Dillon, I wanted to talk to because... Um, 
I was, I mean, I grew up on Preacher, but I was yeah. doing the covers to Punisher when he was drawing it yeah, with, um, with Becky Tunin. Yeah. And I really wanted to say hi to him. His table was only like a little bit away from me, but I was too chicken shit. And then he died a week later. Oh, geez, um, yeah. Have I have I brought up my Mark Bagley thing on this show? No. I went to an Oklahoma convention when I was a kid and Mark Bagley was there and that was the person I wanted to meet the most. And uh, I went with my mother who had to push me because I was so nervous to meet Mark Bagley. <laughs> Uh, and then I went up to him and I was like, hi, I love Ultimate Spider-Man. And he was like, which one was that? And I was like, you fuck, you fuck. I'm so nervous already. Why are you doing this to me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are guys who like to fuck, nice. to fuck with you. And, and when you're yeah. a kid, you don't appreciate when you're older, you get it. Yeah, yeah he was awesome. <laughs> he was very good. When you say, I went to an Oklahoma con, an mm-hmm. Oklahoma convention, it just mm-hmm. sounds like a convention for Oklahoma. and For, the, music, like... for the musical, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. It was for the musical. Mark Bagley's doing a new poster for Oklahoma. (laughs) Oh, that would be sick. He'd do a great poster. I I just want to think, but I'm looking, I've gotten to meet like Alan Davis, Kevin Nolan, um, um, uh, Frank Miller, I met briefly one time. Like I've got kind of gotten to see everyone, or JP Leon, um, all my, my guys have gotten to meet aside from uh, Matt Rosenberg. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, a, big, that was a big one for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I we, think we like... got to meet formally in person very briefly. At, we did see. Uh, yeah, you seemed very New nervous York, to meet so us. Yeah, I mean, check, check that box. Sometimes it just doesn't live up to what you're expecting. You know? <laughs> I know. That's I know. Just, how can it? Uh, but, uh, no, no. I, I think I'm very, very lucky. I've gotten to meet pretty much all my heroes. But yeah, I'd say yeah, maybe, huh? maybe it's probably Andy Kubert's my my great whale. Mm. The uh, the one, I mean, I I I feel the same. Like I've met almost all my my. Sorry, I, 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 I could have met Stanley one time. I was in the same room as him, but I didn't. Oh, no. I ah. was like, I was meet was me and uh, Will Sliney, um, my friend Will Sliney, and we were both like, ah, no, we leave him alone. We don't want to bother him. Like, and then we found out afterwards, like, oh, he loves being bothered. He should have gone up. Yeah. To him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah I, I met Stan as a kid and as an adult, and he was exactly what you want him to be both times i met him as a you know as a child and then like as a marvel writer and he was also technically a child yeah yeah as a as a as a much larger child and uh yeah he was great but the 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 one for me that that i always think about of like meeting your heroes and then i mean i probably shouldn't tell the story on the air but fuck it um i was already making stuff and i was doing conventions and I was just walking down through Artist Alley because I hate sitting at a table, so I like to wander. And I just walked past Larry Hama's table, and Larry Hama was there. And I just, I don't know what compelled me, but I just went up, and he was, like, drawing. And I just went up to him, and I was like, excuse me, sir, like, I just want to say, and I just, like, dumped like like, like a <laughs> therapist i was just like i was like you know i was sort of a lonely kid and and like uh, and like for me gi joe was everything and you created this world that like i could disappear into and it meant so much to me and like i just went on and on about it and then it was like and now I, i've grown up and like i i'm i'm very happy with who i am as a person and i i live a life that i'm i'm really proud of and i make comics and i make things and i use my imagination and it was like cultivated by you and like I just wanted to thank you for like giving me a childhood where I felt like safe and I belonged and like helping push me towards this dream of like an adulthood where I, I really get to do a thing I love. I really and, feel like Larry, Larry Hammer right now. And yeah. And, <laughs> and, and uh, he was, he was sitting next to, I don't remember who it was. It was some other, it was some like 
like legendary person who just lo- looked at me and was like that was really intense and i was like <laughs> yeah i don't know where it that came from called and, you out on the spot yeah and learn was like <laughs> Well, thank you. That's very nice. And he was like perfectly nice. And I was just like, well, I can never be in a room with him again. Like, I just <laughs> think, I just think how, how I, how, to the degree I know you, if somebody did that to you, how much would oh. it take you to be back to them? Oh, awful. Awful. <laughs> I, would, I, I mean, I would, you know, I would have run half, like 10 minutes when I'd be gone. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I actually have a thing. Like, thank you for reading. I, it would just be so uncomfortable. Have you had. Like an experience like that, where somebody has kind of—I uh, don't I mean not to that degree because that's insane. No, yeah, that's um, insane. but you know, Reason has somebody that. made you really feel something? You know, because people say nice things, and you know, they can oh, yeah. say some stuff means to them. But like, um, trying to think, has they really gotten to you? Um, a couple that are there. There, I mean, I've had a ton of amazing encounters where people say just things that kind of floor me about how nice they are, but um. You know, a couple of people have tattoos of stuff I've done and show me, and that's always yeah. heavy. And um, the uh, it's tough for me because I'm like, I wish I'd drawn that better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people get tattoos of my stuff, and I'm like, that's not a my that's a Tyler Boss tattoo, or that's a you know, like the, uh, there was a couple who got um, we're gonna get the We Can Never Go Home cover uh, as their wedding presents they were each going to get one of the characters and i was kind of wow. like that's not necessarily a great thing but i was also like that's michael walshard i didn't fucking yeah. draw that You're like, I don't well, there is a weird disconnect with like how much stuff like that can mean to people and how much stuff like that meant to you when you were a kid and yeah like you know i'm not trying to sound bad or but like i don't really care about moon knight that much like <laughs> I, sure. I, I don't love the character in the same way like a lot of the, the fans of the yeah. book loved the character i loved the experience and the creative part of it was great for me but like you know i don't you know there's some it's weird even though like you're working on something people can come to you with a level of engagement and um passion that like isn't isn't really connected to you as much you know and you know and and you you know you don't want to be like you idiot it's just a comic book Um, (laughs) because because you've been there about other stuff you know yeah yeah Um, like it's like like say with comics might be different but like when i see like maybe actors in shows i used to you know, like I see Star Trek actors sometimes. I don't want to bother them because, like, to yeah. me, they were so huge, you know, and I've actually had met them and they're perfectly nice. But sometimes the more you respect somebody, the less you want to, to, to meet them. I know. <laughs> sure. I've had the the two that really, like, messed me up in a, in a nice way was I've had I had a person in person pull me aside at a convention and tell me this. And I had a person write me a long email about how they were like in a really dark place and, you know, like sort of talking about suicide and self-harm and how something I made sort of helped pull them out of it. And like, that's a fucking heavy thing that I don't think you can prepare for where you're just like, I, I don't know how to say any, like I, you want to say the perfect thing and there's no good thing to say there other than like, I'm just really happy you're still here and you're okay. And like, um, and then, you know, I, I I try and think about the things that matter to me like that when I was a kid that like really felt like mm. they were saving my life and changing my life and whether so, like I, I I've moved home from uh, from Dublin recently so I'm, I'm kind of meeting all these people who know nothing about comics or people from my past and stuff like that and and it's been a real kind of um to remind myself how far I've come and what I've yeah. gotten to do and how lucky I am to like yeah. wake up and have ideas and make them and and that's my job you know like uh, it's it's you, you know, you can get very. I know people might think you're, you know, it sounds like a dickhead thing to say, but like you can get jaded even doing this, like for sure, 
basically childhood dream. You can get very, very jaded, especially when you're creators and you meet up and you're bitching about companies or some yeah. guy who annoyed you. Like you can get too into the negative too much, but um, that kind of like realization is huge. And then to kind of like like we're saying to have that kind of experience come at you. That doesn't happen to me in Ireland because um, we we can't be we, we can't be sincere. Sure. You know, yeah, I can't really, you know, you just <laughs> don't say work. what you mean. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. You just can't do that. But I, but I have to be aware of that when I go to America, somebody may get sincere with me and I'll be yeah. uncomfortable straight away. <laughs> and you'll be like, Moon Knight is not my thing. And then you push them. You just <laughs> yeah, push. Exactly, yeah. um, no, it's it's funny because you talk about like the, the uh, how jaded we can get. And I that for me is like such a major thing of like the tightrope of like remembering it's a job and this is my day job and like like any job there's difficulties and problems but also like it's the best job i've ever had it's the best job i'm ever going to have and like there are a thousand people behind me who wish they had it and like that's sort of the perspective like you can never lean one way too far the other because i think you mm. get out of whack if you forget that that like we have a dream job but part of that is the job well, i mean uh, here's something i don't know if this would have come from the podcast before but like how much do you think like a creator's personality comes into play because, you know, again, explaining this job to normies and stuff is one thing, but then like the amount of amazing artists I know who their career gone nowhere mm -hmm. because no matter how talented they are they're they just get in their own way. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was like, uh, that made me names from thing. Like I mean, I knew somebody was on a book and, you know, they couldn't get a book in because there wasn't enough pressure for them to be on deadline. And then they put pressure on deadlines and they couldn't handle that. And and this person was unbelievably talented. Like, oh. um, and, you know, I, I say this off to, to people often, like there's people way more talented than me that are not as successful and people way more talented than me that are way less successful. <laughs> so I think I said that's, that's the same thing twice. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people yeah. who might be way more talented, but like they, I don't know, they get too angry or they get too... Um, sure. Or people who are just brilliant at working, at playing the game, and can take a certain amount of talent much, much further. And sometimes I just kind of like, you know, I think I think one thing I'm glad for is I don't know, maybe the way I was raised or whatnot, but my temperament and my ability to kind of like read the room and not be too much of a dickhead sometimes like has helped probably way more than it, however good I am at drawing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know I I think about that a lot because when I when I started I sort of tried to take stock of like who I was as a creator and you know like I read a lot of comics and I, I'm a huge comics nerd and I I just knew going in and sort of a mantra I made for myself was like you're never going to be the best writer in the room like you're just not like there are just writers who are better than me like pound for pound just better writers and I was like but the one thing I can control is how hard I work and how much hustle I put in and that to me is like yeah, I'm I'm the dude who you know will stay up until six in the morning and fucking and get this thing done. Whereas like a better writer might take off at seven p.m. and go do things. And I'm like, well, that's my leg up. Like, would you rather have this other writer doing this? Probably, but they're not going to get in in time, or they're not <laughs> going to say yes, and I'll do it. And like, I think that's sometimes you got a gig because you were the person who was there. Yeah, Curious. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I've got yeah. I think everybody gets that, but like part of that is being there part of that is being available to be there you have to mm -hmm. like for me i'm like uh, you know i spent years when they would be like do you have time to do this being like yes and like i don't even consider i don't check i just say yes and then i figure out the time i mean i you know i've had two years did, did my... you notice sorry no, sorry go ahead I mean to well i was just gonna say i've had two years i think i think two maybe three i had more last year i had more dc books with my name on them 
than any other creator had with their name on them. And I've done that at Marvel wow. too, that I put mm. out more books at Marvel in a year that I was at Marvel than anyone else that year. And I put out more books at DC last year than anyone else. Is that good? Good. No. <laughs> no. Why would that be good? Uh, you know, well, it can be, you know, because that's the thing is like, like, you know, being real, like you could do the job and you can, and you can work the job. Yeah. And, you know, I think for an hour, I, I remember, I think I talked to Rick Remender one time and I asked him, does he think he has too many books out? And he said, what do you think? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. Cause yeah. as, as a fan of yours, I'm realize I'm picking books for sure. Not getting all of them. I'm picking, if you've got four books out, I'm picking probably two. Yeah. And, but like, so there's the saturation element. I think that works against artists too. If you have more than one book out in a month, people aren't buying necessarily buying both books. They'll maybe buy one, you know, and well, like you can't, you also can't control how your stuff comes out. You can't, you know, line up your schedule at Marvel and DC and like this book will come out here. And then so it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a tricky tightrope to, to, well, it's, to, it's also fascinating for you because like, you you spent years as an artist so you're at best on a book a month and now you're writing stuff and drawing stuff you're going to be on four or five books a month coming up like uh, nah. i mean well maybe three when um alien comes out it'll probably be three books because i've co-write time for time and i'm writing and drawing old dog and writing alien but at the same time i think there was a huge thing about like if you're not in the stands people will forget about you sure and yeah. they, they 100 will but at the same time, I think going away for a little while can build a little bit of anticipation. Yeah. So by the time Old Dog came out, I hadn't had a book in print for probably for most of a year. Mm -hmm. um, well, no, it covers and stuff that keeps you kind of go that keeps you out there. But um, I think it, being too available can probably be a bad thing sometimes. Of course, yeah, yeah. Or being too or being too visible. I think you'd think you'd have to be visible all the time. But I think, well, one, that's not sustainable because, like, I can't even do a book a month anymore. It's probably, like, it probably takes me two months to do a book now. Uh -huh. um, so you're instantly straight there. There are, six, there are six issues a year then, at best. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of, like, the, what I did with Old Dog is I planned for that. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do six issues. I'm going to make them the best six issues I can possibly do. Sure. Rather than, which is what I was doing, was running myself ragged, trying to do... I mean, we all need to do it, and I'm not, I'm not crapping on it at all. It's kind of like a a ring of fire you have to, any creator has to kind of jump through of hitting your max where you can't do this anymore and then you figure out what you can do yeah um and i'm in a fairly good place now where i have a good sense of what i can and can't do and mm. i'm not too bothered about being on the stands every month but which between writing and drawing and coloring and and covers i, I have something coming out every month it's just yeah not always a comic and i i, I don't want any less than six issues a year though that would drive me crazy yeah, yeah. I I had a gap when I switched from Marvel to DC. I had a gap. And it was like right in the early days of the pandemic. But I was like building stuff at DC that had long lead times. And I was building a lot of stuff. I was on four books for them all of a sudden. But like, there was a good five months where I didn't have anything out. And it felt wild to me i felt mm. like i was just like i felt like it was in like back to the future like i was just becoming invisible and starting to fade away um which you is you must have a good sense of what you can again do by now like no you know i mean some things change it depends sometimes like all of a sudden we need a script now you need to have a little bit of wiggle room for that to happen or you need to do like a, another draft some things I, you can't necessarily I, plan I, for, I, but... I have a good sense but also like the longer i do this the more the harder it is like when you start 
you've got something to prove. Like I had, I spent years being like, I'm going to prove who I am. And now it's like, well, they know who I am. I don't need to like, wow, people, what I need to do is like not die in the next four years. So like it, it becomes a thing of like physically, like, can I maintain this pace? Can I do this? So like, it's hard because I know that like I could make myself do things, but it's harder emotionally to like really run myself raw. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm at a place where I did it for five straight years, basically five or six years. And I'm at a place where I'm, I don't, I, I find it hard to justify doing it a lot. Are you able to step back and kind of look at your career now and go, I'm in a good place or I want to no. be somewhere else or no, God, <laughs> no, I, 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 and I hope I'm never in that place. I hope I'm always like hungry and, and looking up. Why do you? No, sorry, do I don't mean I. I don't mean I don't mean it necessarily. Is like like I've done it. I'm I'm here. Well, kind of to a degree, I guess. But, um, like, you know what kind of creator you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and does that match up with? No. no. Okay. Has I'm it ever doing... been closer, or has it been? Yeah, it has. I feel like um, there are certain books where you're like, yeah, this this book is what I want to be doing all the time, and there's certain books where you're like this isn't where I want to be like, this is, I'm not putting out a thing that I feel is up to my standard is not the kind of thing I want to be putting out in the world. And it's, and it's hard because it's hard to figure out what those books are. Like I'm, I'm really proud of, you know, I did 27 issues on Punisher. Like I'm, I'm really proud of that. But if you asked me beforehand, like, do you think Punisher will be a book that you're like, come out of it really proud of? I'd be like, Punisher, probably not. Like, and I love the Punisher, but like, no, but I mean, these are like, I remember when I was offered Moon Knight to me, it was like, okay, this is my daredevil. I'll yeah. probably never get to do Daredevil, but this is going to be the the Daredevil books I wanted to do. I'm going to make this my my Daredevil, and it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's it's not it's it became its own thing. And would I have ever imagined Moon Knight was the book that would kind of make me? I wouldn't. I couldn't have seen that. But uh, I just kind of think. I just to me, it feels like you're you know the you came kind of came out the gate so strong with your creator on work, and then you're kind of in the Marvel minds for so long. Yeah. And, it kind of feels like now you're in a place where you're kind of you're doing both in a more balanced way it seems to me. yeah i feel like more like when we do what's the first place from here like working with tyler is like it just feels like a very different thing for me and it feels mm-hmm. very natural and good and like that's i sit down to write those scripts and i just feel like energized in a way that like sometimes you don't from other scripts and other projects and i think that speaks to like what you're getting at like i think mm-hmm. finding those projects that like you're hungry to get out there and do and it's never never feels like a job is is sort of where I want to be and I think a lot of that comes from I mean I've been very lucky like working with Ben Abernathy at DC like um it is it you get there a lot he's he's so encouraging and and gets you excited about the book but like creator-owned obviously has just the leg up in 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 that regard mm-hmm. of just like well it's yours but you, but you probably have way more confidence now as a work for higher hand than you did when you you know when, when you're starting around starting out i mean thunderbolts was my first book and i was basically just do the best you can and be good to work with and you know you're, yeah, yeah. you've got to prove your your you know earn your yeah but I, phrase you know but also like uh, things change so fast like you work with new people you work with new editors like ma- management changes at a company and you're like there's not sure footing it, because a lot of things are like how other people view you it's not how you view yourself in some way yeah, true yeah and so like you know 
you, you can work with people who you love and get along with and then they move on or, you know, whatever. And then you're like, well, it's a new relationship. Like, do I have to mm -hmm. go back to square one and try and prove myself to them? And I, I don't know, like, you feel like you're at a place creatively where you, you feel really comfortable, like people know what they're going to get. And, and, and is that good? Um, that's a good point because sometimes you get cocky. Um, I kind of think I was kind of worried for there for a while that Moon Knight was the last not good thing, like because I loved working on Injection, but like nothing. Th the one thing that stayed popular was was Moon Knight, and like I'm like that book came out in 2014. Is like, do I want that to be the best thing I've ever done? I mean, yeah, anyone's amazing to get a project like that, you know. But I want more of those. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm actually in a good place where you know I can I can pick. I just want to write and draw my own stuff now. Mm -hmm. Um. Not that I'll never draw for someone else again. Just I just think that's, that's what's satisfying me more. And even if it's like I did a Hulk one shot that I wrote and drew, and this one is the most satisfying things I've done. You know, it's yeah. just a one off one issue. Um, um, I'm in a place where I, you know, I, I don't have to go begging for work, which sounds I try to sound like a twat, like, but like there's a lot of people who are just trying to find the next gig, and I realize I'm in a place where I'm kind of making my own gigs, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and especially like now that I've kind of gone all in on a, on a creator-owned book, it's literally like I mean, it's draining and it's tough. It's a lot of work, um, but the uh, knowing that I can just come up with something and write it and draw it, and I can make a living on it, it's been it's been really honestly it's satisfying but empowering. Yeah, you know, it's been really empowering, and not that I'd never do like I'm you know I'm doing I'm writing stuff in Marvel at the moment. Um, but I just think I'm in a good place. And as long as I don't, I think it's easy to fall, it's easy to fall down another ladder level on the ladder if you're not careful because mm -hmm. you're scared. Um, and I think when COVID happened and everything, I remember thinking I could just take any gig that was offered yeah. to me. And I got offered a couple of gigs and they weren't bad gigs at all, but I just knew, you know what? I want to write and draw. <clears throat> so I'm only going to only gonna write and draw stuff. And then it, John Hickman asked if I do the X-Men thing. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but that was my one. That was my own caveat. Okay, it's John Hickman, biggest writer Marvel. You know, like it's worth doing this for like a few months and sure. then continue on your plan. But um, uh, I think, um, but it's also scary, and I think that's the key. If you're scared, if you're a little scared, that's good. You know, yeah, if yeah. you're totally just kind of blasé about stuff, um, I think the work won't be good. But if you are scared and you want, you know, doing everything like I am an old dog. Uh, is scary and while that could cripple you i've decided to go like you know what no this is good like being scared yeah. is a good thing run with it for sure first of all i want to say congrats on being the first person on our podcast to say twat like oh, bravo for okay. that okay i got i got more i got more <laughs> thank yeah no i i it it brings a real uh uh irish charm to it that i think we've been missing mm -hmm. and we're going to try and get that on we've been have so. we've been having to put them in in post for everybody yeah. else yeah <laughs> since going back since going back to um the west of ireland i've been hearing way more swear words i have not heard in <laughs> many years none of which i think would be suitable for this podcast but... <laughs> i i remember going uh you were signing in new york and this is a fucking tangent but you were signing in new york and i went and we hung out and you were like oh you know like the bunch of marvel people are at, at a bar like do you want to come with me and we'll go and i was like yeah let's go and we went up there and we went to this bar in midtown and we're sitting down and it's a lot of the junior editors were there hmm. and they're like you know sort of younger and and uh sort of 
bright-eyed and enthusiastic and you were t telling a story and uh you used a swear word that is very common <laughs> to use overseas and mm. not as common to use here it starts with the letter c and uh a bunch of the editors did a did a legitimate <laughs> like and i was like oh i love this so much i love it because it's like you know if you go to if you go to ireland you go to england it's not a big deal people say it all the time but over here it's great um yeah it's a, it's a phrase i heard before over here it's like punctuation yeah mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's it was it was a great moment because you said it and i was like i just immediately like looked at everybody and was like oh yeah that's a lot of people like not quite sure how to process and you weren't saying it like in the way that americans say it where it's like sure, sure, yeah. and nasty you say it in a very casual way and uh it was great uh, real high point, high point in my career, actually. Well, I'm glad I didn't tank my own career there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you seem to be doing okay. Um, no, but I, 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 you know, the the point about being scared, like, yeah, I think I think the fear is really good. Like the the converse for me, I, I think I maybe even said this on the show before once, but I I, I remember talking to Brian K. Vaughn about something, and I gave him. I think I gave him a copy of "We Can Never Go Home" when the trade paperwork came out. He he'd like said some nice things about it and and had been very kind to me and so i i he came to new york and or maybe i was in la i don't remember where i was but i gave him a copy of the book and he was like oh cool thank you and he was like are you are you happy with it which i thought was a really interesting question and i was like and i sort of paused and i was like yeah and he was like it was a long pause. And I was like, <laughs> a lot of stuff I do different. I was like, my first creator on book, a lot of stuff I do different. And he was like, hold on to that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, that that wanting, when you look back on your work and you're happy, you're not hungry anymore. There's no, mm -hmm. you, you're content and you're resting and you're settling. And like, you should always be able to look back on your work and feel like I could do this better. I I want to I want to hit it better next time. I want to I want to knock it out of the park. I I and like learning from your mistakes and studying your work and like trying to see where you can step up and where you can change things and improve things. And I really take that to heart and like I mean, I don't think I'm a person who would ever look back at my work and be like, "Yeah, that was awesome." <laughs> and like <laughs> high five Fist but, in the air. Yeah. yeah just like nailed it again. But uh I it's I do... a lot a lot of this stuff comes with muscle memory, you know. Um yeah. like this is my own controversial take, but like, uh, you know, a lot of people are complaining about, um, you know, how sexist um, superhero costumes can be and mm -hmm. how, you know, the way like the female form can be and, and might realize or whatnot. I have to kind of look back at all the, you know, all the old superhero drawings, you realize those guys are knocking out pages, two pages a day. Like they're not, sure. you know, I'm not saying they're not thinking about what they're doing, but like so much of like drawing is muscle memory mm -hmm. and you're drawing nude figures and you draw a belt on them and then that's a superior costume you know <laughs> um yeah. people expect a different level of illustration now so you kind of have to sure. really dig in more but you know it's 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 but you know if i'm not careful i'll draw the same face every time i need to kind of go back and change yeah, yeah. a bigger nose or different ethnicity or something sometimes you just kind of because you're getting it done you know if you're, yeah if you're again talking to like normal people here I to somebody and they're like, how do you get that? I think I just did a cover and I sent it to them just to show them. They're like, you did that in a day. I was like, yeah. And they're like, that's a, they were like, that's amazing. And I'm like, I wish I'd gotten it done faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of forget that, you know, a lot of this stuff you, it, with the grind that comes with it, you can just kind of rely on what you know. Yeah. And the same with writing, you know, you can just kind of oh, relax sure. on what you know. And it's, especially when you're getting success and you're getting more gigs, 
I mean, I see, I see it in people's books and I catch myself doing it in my own books. Sometimes I catch myself too late, but you'll do like, oh, this fight with this supervillain is in an empty warehouse. And you're just like, a warehouse? Like, why are these people in fucking warehouses? And it's just like, it's just simple. It's muscle memory. You're so time not... for time, because we literally have, I think we have written warehouse <laughs> locations yeah. in nearly every issue. But that's a staple of the book. I, I say that with pride. Yeah, that's a that's a that's that's part of the DNA of Time Before Time is the warehouses. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I just, I, but I, there's a lot of shortcuts like that, even in writing where you're just like, yeah, this conversation is done in a way that like, you're not challenging yourself. You're not put, you're like, I know what I have to get out of this scene and I'm just going to get it down and you can see it. And like, the interesting thing is always seeing people who can take those scenes and elevate them. And like, mm. um, I assume in, you know, my, like my feeling in art is like, that's always the real challenge is like you know, that was, that was something that I, I thought early on was like when I was first trying to make comics and I was looking at all these artist portfolios and everyone is showing you, you know, Batman perched on a roof and, and the Hulk punching through a wall. And I was like, yes, everyone has a Batman and a Hulk. That's cool. I want to see you have two people have dinner in a diner and will that Mm -hmm. be dynamic? And will I care about that? Can you elevate that to be something that's visually interesting to me? And like, it's one of the reasons that I'm always sort of in awe of artists because it's just like, it's a thing that I can't even wrap my head around doing of like making something that's beautiful and storytelling and all these things in a, and it's so physically demanding and, and precise and, and like doing it consistently. I'm always like, I bet I could train myself if I gave myself five years to go real hard, I bet I could train myself to draw like an okay page, Mm -hmm. but I bet the next page wouldn't look anything like it. I bet I could (laughs) never be consistent. Like consistency scares the hell out of me. I was just thinking, um, cause, uh, everyone five years might be optimistic. Oh, oh, have you written is all dog? Do you, is, is all dog all written, you know? And I, if I was smart, I would have written the whole thing before I started drawing it. Sure. Whereas now I'm at a stage where <clears throat> I'm writing and drawing the last um, few issues. And uh, so I'm drawing issue four and I've known what I want to do for issue five for a while, roughly. I had a fairly, I had the outline, I knew it in my head. But just two days ago, I was like, oh, that would be, that would, that would be nice. Yeah, I could do it that way. And I have to I have to write it next week. Yeah. You know, I, I just find that... Um, I just I just need to gestate on things like that. I don't mean I need to do it last minute. Just that if I write it now, I'm going to have something else next week that'll make it better. Mm-hmm. So I want to. I know it's it's tough to say like any kind of interesting visual stuff. I just find I just need to kind of push a script on like a slow cooker. Oh, yeah. And let it just kind of go. Now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say this in like this is my genius. You know, you you other people, you just write fast. It's fine. Um, no, it's just because I. I I don't write, I've never written scripts that pace and say you would have done like four or five a month, God knows what. Um, but I just find, especially for something like old, like old I'm, I'm getting more visual ideas. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to let it percolate as much as possible. Whereas the smarter thing from a production point of view would have been to like have them all written in the bag yeah. and then not have to worry about them. But I know those issues wouldn't be as good as what I'm doing now, which is kind yeah. of interesting. It's an argument to be less responsible. <laughs> sure yeah that's interesting that's that's interesting i you know i i think about that a lot when people talk about sort of superhero comics and stuff and it's you know i think people don't understand the the grind and the assembly line nature of the product that it's like Mm. all of these books would be better if you guys would wait a year and we would like but that's not how the machine works the machine has to have you know 
12. Also, those books have probably never come, like, that's the other thing yeah. as well, is like, these books never come out. Yeah, know? that's and, true. Like, I, I consider myself fairly responsible freelancer, but like, you know, I get stuffed in, if I, I try to have it in a day early if I can, sometimes yeah. it's a day late, sometimes it's on top, but like, yeah. um, uh, as, as, as responsible as I am at the same time, I think if you gave me eight weeks to do a book, it would take me eight weeks. If you gave me 12 weeks, it would take yeah. 12. You know, you have to be, you you, you know, you those deadlines, stuff would never get done if we didn't have these things, you know? That's so, yeah. I mean, I think it's true of writers, but I don't deal with writers in the same way, but I always, <laughs> I, I, um, I used to tell, tell people like artists are like a gas. They'll take up as much space as you give them. If you give them a, a month to draw a book, they'll figure out how to squeeze into a month. If you give them four, it'll take them four months to draw the book. Mm-hmm. They, they, their volume expands when you give them more space. And I think it's true of writing too. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of writers who were. And that was them. my problem with that, with old dog was because I gave myself a certain amount of time and just life pot came in the ways. So all my lead time got eaten up. Yeah. Plus also, I don't know when, you know, I'm sure, you know, you start a new book, like development time takes a while. Sure. And, but I knew that if I didn't just say, it comes out in September. Mm-hmm. It had never come out. I need. Yeah. I needed that. You know. Now it's coming out in September. No, it's supposed to come out in August. It came out in September. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was trying to claw as much lead time as I was because I because I needed it all up. But that's it. It's it's the constant kind of like, you know, I need the feeder of God to get something done. But at the same time, I need I need as much a certain amount of gestation time. So that's that's tough. Uh, it's tough when it's when it's on you. You know. Yeah. It, uh, I, I sort of want to ask about, you know, your, the move from r- drawing to drawing and writing to just writing and like. So you want to ask me a question? Yeah, is that podcast. okay? No, is it's okay because okay? I think I've been doing it the other way around. Yeah, I, I don't know, I'd step in. <laughs> I'd step in. Me. I've, been, I've, been, I've been a bit rusty in my podcast hosting, so I'm going to try and step in and see see if I still got it. Uh, my my mm-hmm. I'm just always fascinated by like, one, did you want to write? Was that something you wanted coming up or you just wanted to draw or you were just like, writers are so fucking annoying. Uh, I can do the this ladder. myself. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, like all these, you know, kid writers coming up, they think they're so great. Well, I'll show them. Um, no, when I was starting out, I just wanted to draw. The drawing was all I ever really wanted to do. Um, and then I was 23 or four. And um, when I got my first Marvel, or no, 27, I was in my 20s. When I got 27, I got my first Marvel gig, and um, all of a sudden I'd reached my goal, my dream. Yeah, you know, before I even hit 30, I reached my, I reached my, my, my life, my life's goal. And I, I think for me, it was like John the Simpsons when Homer climbs like the mountain, and then you see more cloud, and there's like a whole other mountain. Um, that's what it became for me. Like it was like I just all of a, I just needed more goals, and I would say. I mean, I've I've been I was analyzing writing for actually. That's a great thing about drawing is you can listen to so much stuff. Podcasts I was listening to like, you know, DVD extras and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, creator commentaries when those were a thing. Sure. Um, I was always interested in the craft of writing, mm-hmm. but I never really had the balls to do it myself um, until I had the idea to do Savage Town, which is basically kind of like an Irish Sopranos, mm-hmm. which I knew would never really get made unless I made it. And while I only, while I'm known as an artist, I could, I could write it with some help. If I had an editor to kind of help me kind of flesh it out, mm-hmm. I could do it. And it did. And someone drew it and it got made. And that was really, um, that was, that was a, that ambition having been met, I realized I really liked writing and I liked writing for other artists. And um, 
Um, from a cynical point of view, being able to write your own stuff meant that you were like, when you're an artist in Marvel, you really don't know how you're kind of seen within the company. You don't know sure. how, how editors see you. You don't know writers see you, as they tell you. Um, so, you know, what you find out afterwards is like you were up for some gig and somebody else didn't want you on it. And so yeah. there was a there was an argument about it. And you're like, I would have liked to have part of that argument, <laughs> you know. Um, so I figured like no matter what happens art wise, like if I said something stupid, it's entirely likely or people didn't like my work anymore, or people didn't want to work with me anymore, at least I could just make my own stories. Um, so there was a slight cynical aspect to it, you know, sure. but the more I wrote, the more I enjoyed it. And I really like building projects. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know, I like working on cover design. And I like coming up plans. And I like, for lack of a better term, like being a kind of a producer, like I, I helped Rory McConville and um, Joe Palmer put their Rise and Blood graphic novel together. I basically was a ghost editor on that. Uh, and I liked it. I liked putting stuff together like that. And um, that's, that tends to be more the writer's role than the artist's role, you know. Yeah. Um, and same with doing design work. I just, I kind of, um, and as well, like I used to go with the colorist, um, one of the best, best colors in the industry. And um, after we broke up, I realized I, I, I wasn't able to color my own work. Mm-hmm. I've been relying on on her for ages to make me look good. She made me look great. But then all of a sudden I was like, I don't, I don't like not knowing how to do it do that so i've kind of wanted to just expand my skill set across yeah. everything and now i just i like that you know except lettering fuck that okay. um that's for that's uh, that's for losers yeah that's right <laughs> you know, oh, um, no no i've done it i've done it and i hate it i hate, yeah. I hate, I hate it uh, even though i bought that new todd sorry who did the new book um uh to 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 tom no, that's uh, Nate Picos. He did the yeah. lettering book. I oh, was yeah, buying yeah. it. I bought it. And I'm like, why am I buying this? I don't want to letter. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? I don't like not knowing how to do something. So yeah. Um, so, but writing was a key to that, and has just it's been a blessing because it just means I can, you know, there, there's so many great artists out there who don't. I'm sure you see it yourself, like because you, you work within a Mar- within like Marvel or DC, or whatever. There's artists they'll never go with, you know, mm-hmm. and they're amazing. Yeah, and I'd like to make a project for them, and then people yeah. can see how great they are. You know, it, it's not always a, not everybody can go through the Marvel DC pipeline like say I did. Sure, um, and I really like that. I like maybe I'm just maybe it's a big power trip, but um, but writing kind of opened those doors for me, and um, and and yeah, I just found myself constantly just scratching at that itch. You know, yeah. I don't think I could go full full ter- uh, full um, full time writing like writing four scripts a week. Or sorry, four or five yeah. scripts in a month. I don't think I can handle. I think I can only really have three ideas in my head at the same time. Oh, cool! And um, especially yeah. working on them as well. Like, you know, I have three at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think I take on another book until one of them ends. Yeah, and I'll replace that. You know, but um, because I don't know why my my uh, my bandwidth only expands so high. The wider I spread it, stuff starts falling through the cracks. You know. Sure. The... I'm not sure I answered your questions. No, you did. You did. I'm just like. Do you feel, do you ever feel like, I, for me, when I look at your, your stuff you write, whether it's, it's uh, stuff that you write and draw or stuff you write for other people to draw, it feels to me like there's a clear visual sense to it. Like, you, like it has a very, you're a great visual storyteller and that has transferred right. into your ability to, to tell stories. I mean, I think about like, like an old dog, like there's just a lot of great sort of 
you find these iconic shots and moments and sometimes they're small, just like a close up on his eyes or whatever, or maybe it's, you know, the big splash page of him leaping across, you know, over from build rooftop or rooftop or whatever. But like you have this visual flair in your writing that I feel like uh, is not an easy thing to find. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of writers get credit for it because they work with artists who know how to put that into a story. Mm. And my assumption is that since I've seen you do it in other people's stories, that you've brought that over to your writing. Do you feel like there's stuff now that you write more that has impacted the way you draw? Like, do you feel like your art is being influenced by your writing at all? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I, but I, I think I think the, 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 the drawing has, has filtered it. Well, maybe that's not... I think... Um, Hmm. I think my one of the things I'm just naturally good at with drawing is economy. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I'll put in detail, but I know where not to. And um, I remember when I started writing, I remember thinking like it had to be this. It was this block of marble that had to be chiseled perfectly, like a sculpture. Mm-hmm. But what was more like was more like working with clay, yeah. um, you know. And the once I kind of got my head in around that, that really helped because I was able to, it was malleable it wasn't this perfect thing to be figured out um i wouldn't say i don't think the writing is has affected the drawing but i think the drawing is definitely it's more of a sense of of pacing mm-hmm. and tone i think like with i did a graphic novel called bog bodies with gavin fullerton and um you know i, I keep saying now i wish i'd drawn it because i i I wrote, there's barely any backgrounds in the fucking thing. I could have done, drawn it in a week. Um, but, uh, but what, you know, what Gavin added to it, you know, what I like, I like is I can see my DNA in it, but I like what Gavin added to it yeah. made something better. You know, I think working with like um, Jordi Belair for many years, I really learned the benefit of like, if someone's got a good idea, take it. Yeah. You know? And if I was working with someone like, say, Warren Ellis or whatever, you know, I'm not going to go, I've got a better idea than this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, take the, take the good ideas. Cause it just makes you look better anyway. For sure. And, and I think that that whole experience just really kind of helped me with my writing. But um, I wish I could tell you, yeah, the writing has affected the drawing, but, it, but I don't think it has. Um, but I think that while I was very worried about being a good writer, you know, like writing good dialogue and stuff like that, I don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Of course I do. But I think getting the tone and getting the feel and the, what I love about drawing is I love the, um, I love creating mood and atmosphere and, you know, you can do that in writing as well. And mm-hmm. especially with you working, especially with the right artist is going to just knock that out of the park. But I feel like um, I'm still able to tell stories that I'd like to draw. Um, but I realized that I don't have to, actually there was another reason I wanted to write more as well as I realized I had more stories I wanted to write than I could possibly yeah. draw. And characters I'd like to write that I don't necessarily want to draw, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the mystique of writing kind of was pulled apart when I kind of when I approached it like a like a design brief, if that makes sense. Like I need I need to know what the format is. Is it five issues or is it a graphic novel? Is it a one shot or like? And once I know what the format is, that becomes part of the the brief, like. Mm-hmm. Like like with another emails you wanting a cover, you know, they want two characters and a certain background or whatever, and and then the taking that and trying to solve that problem is is what writing is to me. If that makes yeah. sense. No, for sure. Um, I think in a way that's a very 
I always think about building, like constructing a page as a very mathematical sort of thing, like from an artist perspective of like figuring out the panels and this, the economy of the size of the panels and where everything goes. And so you're saying that you approach uh, writing that way sort of makes sense to me that it, it's sort of, an, it's something to be solved in, in a way that, that yeah, like, 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 you know, sense. if I took a school one of your scripts, you know, it's words on a page and then you've got pages that you need to draw this stuff on. So what I always liked about comics was, was solving that puzzle. It's problem solving. Um, and I was worried when I started writing that I was going to lose that experience because that is, that to me is comics. Yeah. You know, once the layouts are done, that's the, that's the comic, you know, yeah. and then unfortunately you've got to spend a month and a half drawing the fucking thing. But like that, that's where the magic really clicks in. And I really liked that. And I was worried like, Oh no, if I'm not, if I don't have that experience, am I going to enjoy this as much? But what changed was that the writing became the problem solving aspect and that I really like. And then when I do my layout, like I do my layouts in Old Dog, they just kind of flow. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, working with another writer and it, not that they'd be bad or anything, like what happened with any writer at all, I'd be banging my head against the wall trying to make it work. Because I really try to skip, stick to the script, like yeah. 100%. Sometimes you got to tweak it, but I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who just does whatever it feels like. I want to, you know, you took the time to figure this out and I want to figure it out with you. Mm-hmm. But when I'm writing for myself, it just kind of starts at the beginning and flows down downstream from there. And that's really fun. Yeah. Are your scripts super detailed in like the layout stuff when you write for artists? Are you? Um, uh, they're more detailed writing for another artist, but only because, like, say, an old dog script is is lean because I know what it's sure. going to be. Also, sometimes I'll be like, you know, it takes place here, and then by the time by by the time I think there's a pay, I think uh, issue two we see the black circle base and it's like a, an abandoned island. Yeah. And that panel right up until I was drawing, it was like a mountaintop. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I saw this cool, I was looking, I look, like, I look at a lot of websites of abandoned um, imagery because I like drawing that stuff. And I saw this island, I'm like, oh, that's so much cooler than like a hilltop. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes I try, I try to plan everything as much as I can, but sometimes it'll be like a 5% thing. I'll pop in there. But, um, but when I'm writing for somebody else, um, I'm just trying to make sure sometimes I get the image that's in my head on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's generally, though, very specific. Like, I think there's an alien, I just wrote something where very specific kind of smash page, and I kind of like say what's in that. Otherwise, it'll just be like, you know, on, you know, the scientist closer. Like, I keep it fairly, mm-hmm. fairly lean because I think that um, from, from an artist's point of view, you want enough. You want enough to go on where you know what's happening, but not so much where you can't add something. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, you know, and I've, I've had that experience where there's too much in the page and I, I'm basically just trying to fit in everything, which is very oppressive. And then there's the other side where there isn't enough meat for you to kind of chew on. So, yeah. you know, I think I, 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 I hope I'm writing scripts that are fun to draw because that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it seems that way to me. It seems when I look at the stuff you write for other people, like you're giving people a lot of things that seem like stuff you, I would feel like I would see in something you would draw, which always feels like energetic and lively and, and smart. And I feel like I, that. I, I don't know how true it is. I mean, it might, it could be a bit of projection there, you know, um, sure. uh, I'd have to like look at specific things, but like I do try, I, I would say working with Warren Ellis really kind of broke things open for me a lot where again, he had a specific idea and he'd explain and he put it down there. And otherwise I had so much freedom to put stuff in and I felt like it felt way it felt more collaborative. Even though I'm right, I'm not. He's not taking notes from me or anything like that, you know. Sure. And uh, I really, I, I want 
whoever I work with to have that same experience where yeah. they're putting in everything that they want to put in. And I'm not like, I'm not, I, I don't want to be um, handcuffing yeah. an artist because it's, cause it's really tough to draw a whole script when you feel that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. We have some questions from the audience, I feel like. We do. I can, way, I can it, throw the first one. By here. the way, it's just me pouring some tea into a cup. It is not. You're not being. I'll just, just, <laughs> right. show you on video or just to be, just so you know. And that right. concludes our segment TRP. Uh, <laughs> I love when that. we play that game every week. Every week. <laughs> every episode. This is the first time it's ever been tea. and that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with declan shalvey make sure to check out old dog as well as everything else declan is working on by giving him a follow on twitter at declan shalvey and subscribing to his newsletter at declanshalvey.com to get the latest episodes of this podcast as well as news giveaways and even comics delivered straight to your inbox go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the-